That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to, oh no, a defeat in primetime to shrugging Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia Sixers in Philly by the score 126 to 119, a seven-point loss in a game that was, um, can I just say, is it fair to say even though the Nuggets lost, it was a really good basketball game? And I am not as discouraged. I'll tell you this. I am not as discouraged as a lot of Nuggets uh, fans, Nuggets Nation out there uh, after watching this. And we'll we'll get to some of these reasons why. We're going to talk about the MVP race and um, what happened uh, in, in falling short in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on Saturday at, in the middle of the afternoon on ABC. And I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, it's not a good thing that they lost. All right. It's not to the end of the world that they lost either. Um, I think the narrative uh, and the commotion and the noise around this game uh, are larger than the actual, significantly larger than the actual like utilitarian um, approach, result, what it means for the team, what it means for the standings, and even what it means for the MVP race itself uh, with Embiid now uh, jumping over. Giannis Antetokounmpo and Jason Tatum, he's now at 3-1. to one. Jokic is still in the lead. We'll get to that in just a couple minutes. But um, you want to be in games like this. You, you want to. This was the first, um, I believe, yeah, I think this was the first uh, primetime Saturday slate that uh, the NBA and ABC put together. Um, they wait until the football season sort of wraps up their stuff. And uh, the divisional weekend that dominates the um, the sports cycle about a week ago, uh, that you know, came and went, and then now the NBA sort of begins to take more of a center stage. You you want to be in that spot. You want to have um, you want to have uh, the the attention and the awareness that was um, hovering over that game on Saturday afternoon. And look, here's why I'm not that discouraged uh, by the loss. And, and and there there are a couple reasons to be discouraged, but I'm not going to let them override what my eyes told me. Uh, was taking place for about 88 to 90% of the game. I thought the Nuggets played really well on Saturday without the result. There was a really, really bad, like, between two and three minutes stretch to end that third quarter. The Nuggets are up. Can we just take a step back? Like, this, is, the Nuggets are on the road against a really good NBA basketball team who's playing in their own building, shot over 50%. And despite all that, you lost by seven and we're in the driver's seat for over 80% of the game. And we're at one point up 15 points with an opportunity to, to go up 16. And there was like, a, if you remember, there was a Jamal Murray missed free throw. Now, look, a lot of crazy, you know what happened after that. And there's just turnovers and clumsiness and 60 foot fouls at the most inopportune times. Like the, the, the Nuggets definitely stubbed their toe. But if I just if I removed the um, that that uh, 
two-minute to three-minute stretch where things just really unravel for the Nuggets, and I just let you watch the rest of the game, it's certainly not as bad as um, as some of the large overarching takeaways that, that some folks have about this basketball game. Now, now let me get to the other, just, let's just face it head on. Embiid was brilliant. He wasn't, he wasn't fine. He wasn't good. He wasn't very good. He, he wasn't even, he wasn't great. I mean, he was, he was brilliant. Guys, 47 and 18 with five assists and three steals and two blocks. Embiid was the best player on the floor on Saturday. That's just a fact. It's just a fact. There's no debate, in my opinion. Doesn't mean that Jokic played a bad basketball game. Okay? Jokic, by the numbers, didn't play bad. Um, uh, didn't like, like the eye test didn't play bad. But when you get to the highest level that this sport has to offer, it wasn't enough. It wasn't forceful enough. Embiid was forceful. He was hard to... Like if you if you if an alien came down and watched that fourth quarter, okay, would he know that these are two of the five greatest players in the world going head to head? I don't think he would have recognized that. Not saying that he wouldn't have recognized Jokic at all, but Jokic didn't score in that fourth quarter till under two minutes left, and Embiid had just taken the game freaking over, and he made all his jump shots, and you give him all the credit in the world. He was freaking fantastic, made four threes. Only Michael Porter Jr. Um, uh, and Niang uh, actually made four of them uh, and, and played well off the bench for Philly. But look, look like MB just freaking took the game. He deboed the game. It happened. Let's just let's just face it, and then try to try to learn from it. But you know, I'll I'll say this too. When I say um, I referenced before, I said um, there are actually a couple things to. Uh, if you if you're looking for things like to get discouraged by, I, I think there is one. Um, I think there is one, and it's the does this team have um, a a killer instinct DNA? Like, is it interwoven after all these battles and climbs and disappointments and setbacks and you know, like, does this team have NBA championship caliber killer? There is no such thing. There is no such thing as a part-time killer. You're either a killer or you're not. Okay? You murder someone, that's who you are, right? You there there is no such thing as a part-time killer. So that is my that is one of my central like overarching questions I take away from this game. Excuse me. Is um does this does this group have that because championship teams do? Championship team, championship teams have it, and we've seen the Nuggets unravel like this. Remember, it was about probably, um, I'd say, um, by now, what are we in? God, it's almost February, which is crazy. On the time of recording, it's, this is Monday morning, came in before the radio show, um, and it's not even 11 o'clock in the morning yet on Monday, but it's January 30th. We are about to turn the page. But it was like, I want to say two months ago, it was against the Los Angeles Lakers. It was on primetime. It was on ESPN. It was a Friday night. And um, that was December 16th. Yeah. And the Nuggets just got absolutely cracked in front of the world. 126 to 108, where the fourth quarter was just as big of a disaster, a avalanche of bad things. And they were never able to regroup. They got punched in the face and were never able to go back to their corner and 
regain their senses. It kind of had that feel to it um, during that stretch at the end of the third, where you just give the entire equity of the game back in in, in about two and a half minutes. Um, does this team have the DNA to stop things like that happening? We'll see. We'll see. Um, but I don't want to overreact. I really don't. I really don't. Now, the team has lost three or four. That that Sunday loss against Oklahoma City should have never happened um, just over a week ago. And then there was the win in New Orleans. They didn't play anyone against Milwaukee. And then they, they gear up for Philly. That, you know, the, the team was geared up, by the way. Like, the spirit of this group, they were ready for – they the, the awareness that they were playing in a big basketball game was obvious to me. From almost everyone that stepped on the floor, save maybe Jeff Green, who I thought was um, uh, lacked real juice – uh, in this basketball game. Uh, I thought like, even like Zeke Naji. I mean, that guy uh, was playing as hard as he possibly could. Now there's still like these defensive lapses that you're like, eh, I'm not sure you're actually going to play in the playoffs. Um, but the 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 uh, offensive rebound, which he has just been relentless here for the last three weeks on the offensive glass, when he came actually out of the frame with one hand on a putback, should have been an and one. Um, in a sequence not far after that, he knocks down a three. He actually stopped a two-on-one fast break where he's the one defender back um, that actually led to like some infighting uh, with uh, Milton and Niang um, b- before a timeout, uh, before a TV timeout where they're like, wait, no, no, don't go, don't go to timeout. Like, there's guys fighting. Like, that was, like, it was, it was a two-on-one, and, and Zeke got back and actually uh, disrupted the play to a really high, a, a really high-level uh, way. Uh, but I thought everyone was like, like the temperature and 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 um, level of competitiveness. It wasn't lacking here. Like they, they they were up for this one, which makes it a little bit more disappointing. But but not really. Like honestly, like they having that awareness for the moment is something that this team has lacked in years past. Um, so yeah, um, the MVP race. There um, was a thought post game. From people who cover the team, who uh, from fans who uh, follow this group very closely, that the MVP um, narrative, if not the odds, uh, should flip. And uh, I'll just use uh, Brian Blackburn, who does a great job uh, covering this basketball team. If you're not following him, you need to do that. Um, he tweeted after the game, uh, and it was echoed by one of my coworkers here. Like, and, and I'm totally paraphrasing. Like, it was something along the lines of, "Well, after that." Uh, after the world watching that one, because of the national TV uh, awareness of it, because of like the longstanding sort of rivalry between Jokic and Embiid, um, the, the MVPs flipped and it's sort of evaporated. Uh, again, I forget the verbiage. It's, it's up in smoke. Jokic, Jokic's not going to win the MVP now. And I just, I could not, and that's with all due respect to anyone else who shared that opinion, I just happen to disagree, um, and we can disagree on sports. Uh, even though we're supposed to, we're told like we we have to like hate people that we we disagree with. That's not actually real. Uh, that's online content. It's not real life. Um, but uh, I just totally disagree with it. This this is a game that in time, and when I say in time, over the next month, certainly in the next two months, will fade. Guess what? The Nuggets' next game is on TNT, guys. It's against uh, New Orleans on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock in TNT, on TNT. The next game, they're going to play uh, Golden State. Not long after that, they'll be back on TNT against the Timberwolves. They're going to play the Heat on NBA TV. They're going to play the Clippers on ESPN. They'll play Memphis on ESPN. And guess what? They're going to play Philadelphia on NBA TV in late March. And if anything, if things are close, if anything, that will be the game that's more of like the 
not a referendum, but like a, the, the recency bias going into actually voting um, on these players. That's like that's like 30 games from now. We're in January. And I just refuse to believe that when the voters go to cast their votes, they're going to be going, you want to know what? It's close. But that game on Sunday, February 29th, three and a half months ago, that's really what does it for me. I'm going to vote for Embiid. Look, that doesn't mean that Embiid didn't gain traction. That doesn't mean that uh, Jokic didn't take a step back in the department because both of those things happened, by the way. Both of them happened. Embiid is now 3-1, to one, but Jokic is still minus 25. This is according to Superbook Sports, a proud sponsor of this uh, a podcast. But like, If I open that app and I'm looking at it right now, Jokic is minus 125. You have to lay 125 bucks to, to win 100. That's called minus money. That means it's more likely than not. Now, the next closest candidate is Joel Embiid. He's up 3-1. to one. But by those odds, what they're telling you is Nikola Jokic is still the odds-on favorite. He's, he is, according to these odds, three times more likely at the time of recording to win the MVP than Joel Embiid. Now, a lot, lot of season left. Stuff could change, and things will. But if I were a betting man, and I am, um, minus 125 is probably the best number you'll get for Jokic to win the MVP, meaning that if you were ever going to bet it, now's probably the best price you're going to get it at. I just don't expect this entire landscape to change. Now, Phillies, you know... Um, they're 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 playing well and Embiid is great and they've now won I think it's um seven uh, games in a row uh, eight of their last nine so we'll see how it all we'll see how it all shakes out but a lot of season left but one way or the other no matter who wins it it's not going to be just because of the one head to head matchup in late January that's just not how this works been doing it for too long it's not how this works so um by uh by the standings if you look. Uh, the Nuggets are still the number one seed in the Western Conference by two games ahead of Memphis. Okay, um, they're still the Nuggets are still five hundred a five hundred road team. They still have the most home wins of any team in the entire NBA. They've still won seven of their last ten. Now they've lost a couple in a row, one of which the guys didn't even play. So I'm just I wanna I wanna. I want to acknowledge what happened on ABC on Saturday afternoon, but I'm not going to let it reshape um, what this thing has been for months and months now. So don't melt down. Don't melt down uh, in the end of the third. Can't happen. It can't happen. And when it is happening, guys like Jamal Murray need to keep their head and remind themselves that they've been here before. And Jokic, too. Jokic, too. There should not have been a scenario where you don't score your first bucket until under two minutes in the fourth quarter. I mean, within the fourth quarter, your first bucket of the fourth quarter uh, with, with under two minutes with when everything is, is – is, the sky was falling at that point. So, um, tough loss. Everyone watched it, accept it, and um, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's, there's still so much stinking season left. Um, okay. And then hopefully you learn some lessons from this, right? Like P.J. Tucker, the, the, the adjustment of P.J. Tucker going on uh, a Jokic. You know, P.J. Tucker didn't do much offensively at all, but he was super, super impactful defensively. That shouldn't happen to that level. With Jokic, he, 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 he has got to make him pay more. Jokic has got to make Doc Rivers and Philly, who, again, they approached this one like it was uh, – it felt like a game in the NBA Finals, which is fine. Um, but that defensive adjustment, like the, the, the Nuggets can do better with that in response to that. And Jokic specifically uh, can do better uh, in response to that. So, um, yeah. Okay, we'll leave that there where it lies. Uh, and we're going to come back on Wednesday 
uh, and record Wednesday morning following the game against the um, New Orleans Pelicans on TNT. That should be a uh, a fun one. Nuggets are coming off of a game where they just beat the Pels uh, by a single point in New Orleans uh, last week. So we'll see what the... the um, the uh, rematch looks like about a week later, and we'll see how the Nuggets bounce back after uh, this setback um, against Philadelphia. And guys, whatever happens on TNT on Tuesday night, you already know we're going to be talking about it the next day right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.